You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And then that's when everything started going crazy. And then also, like, it allowed me to, like, see what type of women I'm actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because now, like, if I'm not focused on sex, now I'm focused on what do you want to do in life? Because really, in reality, like, what other reason are you talking to this girl outside of sex and outside of where y'all could potentially go? Mm -hmm. So now this is the only option now. Mm -hmm. And now I get to actually see your characteristics. I can see how you think. I can see how you react to certain situations. Mm -hmm. And now I can see if this is something that I actually want to deal with. Or do I see myself, like, dealing with this in the future? Mm -hmm. And now it allowed me to start thinking like that. And it's, it's helped a lot, for real. I can say, like, when I was on my celibacy journey, I, I tried it for 90 days. And I started realizing, like, these, the women that I do have around me, I really don't like them for real. Exactly. Like, like, once you take sex out the equation, you start to think of the other aspects that come with them. Like, mm -hmm. this girl's really a bird, bro. <laughs> she look good. She got a fat ass, but it's really nothing else outside of that. Yeah. And I don't know, like, when I was, when I was celibate, bro, like, I felt way stronger. I felt way more powerful. Like, I could think better. I could think more clearly. Like, I just wasn't... Like, I wasn't thinking about women. I wasn't thinking about sex. Of yeah. course, I was hanging around women, and women will come around, bro, and, and try me. Yeah, and, and, and try to break you. Like, nah, you ain't really celibate. Let me, let me really try. I'm talking about pussy on the dick. <laughs> like Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Welcome again to the Rich and Unemployed Podcast. And I'm your host, Jonathan Dubaton, aka Finesse. Also known as Rich. Call me anything, but don't call me broke. Um, before we get started, make sure you guys like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, make sure you guys check out the merch, www.richunemployed.net. Um, make sure you guys check out the Patreon for exclusive content. All right. You know, Rich Unemployed Podcast, where we interview rich and unemployed people and let him tell it. Are you rich and unemployed? Yes, sir. You already know what's up. Yeesh. How old are you, bro? 23. Y'all nigga. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, bro. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, The Real Tez, a.k.a. Dantez Akram. It's a pleasure to be on here. Ready to drop some game. Drop some game. So listen, I want to get into how to start a clothing brand, bro, because that's what you teach, correct? Yep. And um, I actually took one of your webinars uh not too long ago mm -hmm. i was tapped in um so tell me like how did you get started into this business so i actually didn't even start off with clothes like to be honest i started off with do-rags 
I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was in Cleveland, Ohio, buying beauty uh, do rags from the beauty supply store and mm-hmm. just delivering them to people. So basically, I would like post on my social media, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I just caught like 10 do rags. I have multiple colors. And then I'd be like, I could pull up on you and deliver them to you. Are you talking about a, a do rag I could buy it myself? Yeah. No logo? No logo. I got videos, seats, <laughs> got it all. He said no logo. Yeah. I was basically buying them straight out of there, straight as is, out the box. And I was just delivering to people. But how much How much would you make? How much you selling it for? So basically, I spoke Arabic. I lived in Egypt for four years. So the owner was actually Arabic. So basically what I did was he negotiated a deal with me or I negotiated a deal with him. And we got it for $3 per durag. Uh-huh. And he was selling them for five. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, bet. I start selling them for five. But I charge people five to $20 for delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how we got started. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So we was we was basically doing that for the first, I'd say, like two months. And I was doing that on the side of my job. Where you was working at? Uh, at the time, I was doing sales. I was working inside of Sam's Club. So I was like one of those people selling direct TV and like cable mm-hmm. and shit. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh, at what point did you start transitioning into like your own clothing brand? So once my do-rag brand, we started doing like 30K months consistent. Um, 30K a month? Yeah, oh, do that. Hold on. <laughs> How did you make $30,000 just from making five to $20 per transaction? So basically when we moved everything online, Cause I grew up in Cleveland, so I like I didn't want to keep riding around with money in my armrest, and I'm like, especially certain hoods I was going inside, yeah. I'm like I can't be riding around like that. So basically, I pushed my whole entire clientele mm-hmm. online to my Shopify store. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is like I got kicked out of my mom's house when I had my daughter, so yeah. I built my first website off my phone. I, I didn't know how to do it, but I was just watching a YouTube video, and I'm like, all right, bet he making this edit and move. I'm gonna go do that same thing on my on my yeah. uh, on my website, and that's basically how I started off. So I pushed everybody online. And it took probably like, I ain't gonna lie, it probably took like four or five months before we even hit our first, like, I say like 15, 15K month. And then after about, I say a year, that's when we was like consistently hitting like 20 to 30K consistently. Selling do-rags I can go buy myself at the beauty supply store? So we did alternate, we did shift. So one thing that I realized with like brands is like being able to stay fresh and new. So when I started off with silk do-rags, I'm like, all right, bet, I need to accommodate to women. So I started hitting bonnets and that's when I stumbled upon Alibaba and that's when I started meeting all these manufacturers. Uh-huh. So we started off with the silk do-rags and bonnets and then we started pairing them. So we started doing bundles and then those start going crazy. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, all right, bet we gotta do something else. And then that's when we hit Velvet. And then there was this girl, her name was Atira Lyons. She had just started it. And I'm like, all right, bet I might just jump on a wave of Velvet do-rags. Mm-hmm. So we did Velvet do-rags and bonnets. Those start going crazy. Mm-hmm. Then we jumped into designer do-rags and bonnets. And then those really went crazy until uh, Louis Vuitton sent us a letter in the mail. And they was like, yeah, you got to shut that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They found you. Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, it was a compliment, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. as long as I ain't get sued. But, mm-hmm. you know, nonetheless, you know, it is what it is. So why would you... Wait, do you still sell do-rags? Yeah. You still sell them? Yeah. Oh, but you don't advertise it? Nah. I don't know. I mean, our team, we just take care of everything. I don't really nice. do much. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're still making bread. Because I was about to ask, like, why would you stop? Oh, no. I never stopped. So mm-hmm. when we, when the brand was really taking off, that's when I was like, and this is a mistake, I would say, mm-hmm. like switching into something else too fast. Because I feel like, yeah, we doing 30K months. I think our highest month was like 43. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I could have scaled it to 100K a month. Yeah, yeah. And then started something else. But after I removed myself from the business completely. Right, right, right. So I was already, I was still playing certain roles within the business and I didn't know how to like hire people or nothing like that mm-hmm. so I felt like starting a clothing brand like out the gate we we did a 72-hour pre-order and mm-hmm. I teach this like us uh, our 72-hour pre-order method 
we did 10,000 in that first 72 hours of us starting that brand. But it's because we branded it as a sister store to the Durag brand. So we hit the email list on a Durag brand mm -hmm. and we already had like 20,000 email subscribers. Mm -hmm. So we hit them and then we told them, go shop with our brand. You only got 72 hours to place an order. And then we, we did uh, 10,000 in that 72 hours. That's crazy. Yeah. Mixing audiences. What year is this? This was, let me see, a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Almost two years. What? Yeah, <laughs> fresh. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so now you started your own brand. Mm -hmm. And like, what was that process? Um, so really, I didn't know nothing about clothing brands, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, uh, like, I know a lot of people, like, they got me, they got, like, Shaq, they got all these other people, like, they can watch as far as like where to learn mm -hmm. but i didn't i didn't have none of that i didn't know nobody on social media that was doing crazy shit mm -hmm. um in the business space so i was like how do i start so i didn't know what that there was a method to it or pre-orders i didn't know nothing about nothing i'm like what's the most cost efficient way for me to start another business mm -hmm. so that's when i was like all right bet i came up with a concept idea for the logo and if y'all don't know the brand is one love and basically what i did was i came up with this concept and then i sent it over to my designer mm -hmm. so at the beginning i didn't really have no artistic skill like i couldn't really make my own logos or designs so i would always come up with the ideas send it to somebody else and then we just go through and make reviews together mm -hmm. so then what we did was we had like our official mock-up basically we sent this to our manufacturer and they sent us three colorways so we had cream uh gray and black and that was what our one love logo is just a jogging suit mm -hmm. so i started with those three and then i ordered not only myself my little sister and my uh, daughter a pair mm -hmm. so we all had matching colors and then we did a photo shoot in cleveland mm -hmm. and then one of the posts actually ended up going viral and then i started running ads to him so that's a gem like whenever you have a post that's going stupid crazy on social media mm -hmm. throw an ad behind it but just make sure there's a call to action in the bottom of it so that way you're not just pushing people to go follow your page but mm -hmm. if they follow you now they know to also tap in when they go read that description mm -hmm. Now, by starting your clothing brand, did you use like the email list? Did you already use the customers from the do-rag company for your clothing brand? Like just send them out emails like uh, yeah. you already had like an edge. I had an edge. And then I also was building my social media platform, too, because like it was kind of like I wouldn't say controversy, but it was like people making fun of me for selling do-rags and stuff. Yeah. So like in a way, people sharing and people talking shit about me right, right. got me more clout in a way. Right, right, and then right. I just I was like, fuck what they talking about. I'm going to change that shit into some money. And right. then that's what we did. So. Um, yeah, we use that email list, but also a huge like gym, bro, is like whenever you do a drop or if you about to drop a new business, mm -hmm. it's this uh, it's this app called um, uh, what is it called under construction on mm -hmm. Shopify. So basically what happens is you can put your entire website on a timer. So basically it's going to say uh, come back for our drop and it's going to be Friday at 6 p.m. But it's going to be a countdown. So mm -hmm. from now until Friday at 6 p.m., mm -hmm. it's going to be a timer. But at the bottom of that timer, they can put their email address. So now if your website, your, your, you know what I'm saying, your website not up and running yet, mm -hmm. you can at least start getting some emails in and push people to the website. Mm -hmm. That way you at least get something from them in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because nine times out of 10, if you get their email in the beginning like that and your website not even open, they interested in buying, but they just need to be kept in a loop. Right, 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 right. So that's how we did it in the beginning. Okay, so let's take people through the process of starting a clothing brand. Like, <clears throat> of course you wanna come up with a logo, yeah. right? That's the first thing. And then from that point on, okay, somebody asked me this yesterday, should I, should I start promoting off the back? Mm -hmm. And our answer was, well, I think you should just create content yeah. and don't even try to push the sale on people. Mm -hmm. But let's take people through the process of starting a clothing line from A to Z, or at least A to M. Let's do it. Let's do A to Z. Yeah, I gotcha. right. So basically, first off, obviously, you want to come up with the, the concept. Mm -hmm. But what I tell people, too, is like people come up with this concept and then they just start trying to sell. Mm -hmm. You got to know why you come like why you're actually trying to deliver this concept. Like, what is the story behind it? Mm -hmm. So for like me, 
my daughter was my one love. I had a kid at 18. I'm like, you know, I'm hustling, trying to get money. I'm working all these different jobs, you know, waking up 4 a.m. to work at a factory job, like mm -hmm. doing all this shit, but I was doing it for a reason. And that was my one love. That was my daughter. So I had a meaning behind it. So then we like, I, I categorized it in a way where everybody could understand this meaning. Mm -hmm. So everybody sacrifices or does something that they don't want to do mm -hmm. for one person or one place or one thing. So it could be, you know, your loved ones, you know, your mom, dad, your daughter, you know what I'm saying? Where you come from, what you do it for. And then basically I categorize it as that. And then and through my content, I tried to tell stories. So as I was telling stories, I was using our photo shoot pictures mm -hmm. to tell these stories. Mm -hmm. And then after that, basically once you have that concept down, then you wanna start finding the right manufacturer. So the manufacturer process, I feel like a lot of people struggle on. Like, I feel like, you know, there's so many stipulations about manufacturers and stuff, when in reality, it's because people are going about it the wrong way. Like, why are you ordering anything before you look at pictures and videos or reviews of that manufacturer? Like, that's mm -hmm. probably the hands down, the like the biggest thing I've seen from my students. Nobody asks for pictures and videos from their manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So it's like going to Amazon and you about to buy something, but you never look at the reviews. Right, 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 right. And of course, Amazon is a trusted source, so you're just going to buy it anyways. Mm -hmm. But if you just buy some from a random website, you're not really going to look at that. So always look at, you know, what pictures and videos have they done from, for other business owners? So not only is this going to give you like new concepts and ideas on what you could do, but you can also know what materials they're using and then if it looks good based off the naked eye. So when you're looking at it like, does this look like high quality or does, does the hoodie look a little, you know what I'm saying? The strings on the hoodie look a little sus, you know what I'm saying? Then be like, all right, I'm not going to use them. I am going to use them. So go on Alibaba. The dope thing about Alibaba is they have this system called an RFQ. So basically you can send out, like you can have a template basically and say, this is what I want my manufacturers to know. I'm starting off with jogging suits. Uh, we starting off with 50, 50 uh, quantity, like our quantity gonna be 50. We want it in this material, blah, blah, blah. You can basically make a whole template and click send and it's gonna send it to a bunch of manufacturers that do that specific thing. Hmm. So now the process of you searching for manufacturers now is the manufacturers coming to you. Mm -hmm. So now you're filtering through the pictures and videos now and it's way easier. So the next thing I would say after you find your manufacturer, always have a backup one because we have like times with my Durag brand where we would be scaling and then we would have to stop completely because our manufacturer can't keep up. And I was like, oh, shit. So this is why you, you should already have a backup one. So I always tell my students, like, always have two to three backup manufacturers ready to go just in case. Like, I'm not about to put my whole entire business in the hands of somebody that's not even in my country. Mm -hmm. So once you get that manufacturer, then that's when you want to have that photo shoot. Now, the photo shoot is going to range from probably like 200 to $500. Let me pause you. Let me pause you one time. Mm -hmm. So the manufacturer, when, you, when you're ordering products, yeah. do you want to get a bulk of items? Because, you know, some of them have like... Um, a limit on what you need to order like hey we, we only taking 100 yeah um so should someone just get samples in the beginning and then do the photo shoot those or should i just get a bulk of stuff bulk of shit and just have it sit in my living room mm. explain that so you definitely want to get the samples first mm -hmm. because the samples not only is going to confirm if the quality is good but mm -hmm. you also want to test the time on how long how fast it can get to you because mm -hmm. like when i had a manufacturer it took like two weeks for them to get a sample to me but then i had a backup manufacturer who's my main one now and they got it to me in 48 hours so I'm like, there's one that's giving more effort or there's one that's just fucking with me more, period. Right, right, right. So now I'm like, all right, bet I can use this one over this one, but I can still have this as a backup. They just take longer. Mm -hmm. So that's how I will go about it. And then also on top of that, like the samples is what you're going to have to photo shoot with. Because what I like to teach my students is to start with as little money as humanly possible. Excellent. Like if you got bread, like, I, and I'm just being realistic, like you come from the hood, you know what I'm saying? You really don't have a lot mm -hmm. unless you work in a job and you get into it. Mm -hmm. Like, and then even then, like right now in our communities, we don't want to utilize our money and invest it into our businesses because 
whatever reason. Oh, I got to deal with this. I got my baby moms. I got child support. I got all these different things. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I want to show people how you can start with less than $500, but still be efficient and then work your way up as time goes. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would tell people. Get the samples first because samples, you're going to have a photo shoot with the samples and then you're testing the concept now. Like, is this design, is this hoodie, is this jogging suit, is this set gonna sell? Mm -hmm. Now you're not spending a crazy amount of money on bulk orders sitting in your, in your, image, or in your, living, or your living room no more now. Now you really just, all right, is this gonna sell? Mm -hmm. And then if the sales come in, you take the money from the sales that you just came in, and now you're gonna go buy the inventory and then ship it to the people who just bought it from you. When you're talking to manufacturers and you're trying to get like the material, mm -hmm. like you're sending them pictures, um, because like dealing with people that's overseas, it's like the communication is kind of off. Mm -hmm. now. Trying to explain to them exactly what you want, like, do you go on like other websites and find like the the material they're using? Like, okay, it's 100% cotton, or it's 90/10, or whatever it is. Like, how do you try to explain to them exactly what you want? So sometimes you can look in your closet mm -hmm. and like look at the materials of the stuff that you got. Yeah, yeah. Because most of the times, if especially if you buy it from the malls, they have the little tag in there, and it shows exactly what it has, yeah, like yeah. the materials and the the different um, the different materials that they're using. The so uh -huh. that was how I started. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest, I didn't really know nothing about materials. So mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, bet. I looked at that stuff, and I'm like, all right, I think this is the right material. And then I had them send me a picture of what that material looked like from something that they did before. Uh -huh. And now I'm like, oh, this is it, or this is not it. Okay. And then I'm like, all right, bet. But what I would tell people too, new clothing brand owners, there's a website. I can't remember the name, but if you look up um, different fabrics and uh, materials for clothing, if you look it up, there's this website that breaks down like all the fabrics, all the printing techniques, embroidery, all of that stuff. And then basically what I would tell people is like, treat it like school. Like if you're going to treat this business like mm -hmm. something like you're going to try to quit your job or something like that, mm -hmm. take it serious to know your craft. So write it all down on note cards and then like flip through the note cards and study that shit. Like mm -hmm. take it seriously, like know what French terrier cotton is and like know all of these different materials so you're not out here just ordering random stuff. Ordering random shit and wasting money, wasting time. Exactly. Because it takes time for this stuff to come all the way from overseas. Yeah. And by the time you get it, like, so, okay, how how far ahead do you order? Okay, this it's fall right now. Mm -hmm. How far in the future, I mean, in, wait, how am I trying to say this? How far in advance do you order the, the stuff for this season, for this fall season? When would you have ordered it? I know the episode is getting really good. Before we dive any deeper, I need to get into the sponsor for this today's episode. Being an entrepreneur, creating and maintaining a business is tough. We all know this. There's a thousand other people that's grinding just like you. What I'm getting at is you don't have to do this alone. Did you know that there's a morning call every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern? It's called The Morning Meetup, made for you. It's created by David Shans, the top entrepreneur who built multi-million dollar businesses. Yes, you heard this correctly. This is a group made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Do you feel stuck? That means you need to get into the room with high-level entrepreneurs. Get in the room. Basically, if you're tired of holding your own weight and it's entrepreneurship, you need to join. www.themorningmeetup.com. Join, connect, grow. I'll see you guys there. It's back to the episode. So designs and stuff are already made 30 days in advance and then 30 days in advance. And then what we're going to do is we're going to set up a photo shoot. Depending on the season, we'll set up a photo shoot like two weeks ahead of that season. Mm -hmm. So now we're already we already got the content ready to go. And then we just going to sit on it. And then when the season like when we feel like it's ready or like for me, I schedule out all of our drops. So when I feel like it's the perfect time, yeah. then I set the due date and I tell my team, yo, we're going to post this. And then we're going to post it in this order. And then throughout the week, we're going to post this, this, and this. And then if we have a sale, we're breaking down exactly how we're doing our sales. So we do 40% uh, 
off in the beginning of the first day, then 30% off second day, 20%. First day, 40%? 40%, like do a drop. So it depends on the type of drop that you have. And so say like for puffer coats, if it's something more high ticket, yeah. I can do something like that. But if it's just jogging suits, then we won't do a sale, period. Right, right. Yeah, but if you're trying to get something out like quick, like if you got inventory already, bust a sale down right there. Mm, 40%. 40%, but what people don't know is like, you can do a 40% off sale, but increase your prices before right. you drop the sale. Right. So you're really not you're really not losing much. It's right. It's really like psychology. Yeah, you think you're getting a deal, but it's you get a deal, but it's I'm still not losing. Exactly. Got you. Okay. I'm learning. I'm learning. Um <laughs> now, am I done with manufacturers? Okay, now with the photo shoot. Mm. All right. This this is my photo shoot. You go ahead. So the photo shoot, basically what you want to do is I like to tell people, like, especially if you're young, look at the college, the people in college and in high school taking photography classes mm -hmm. and then ask them if you can pay them. So now you don't got to pay an arm and a leg for a professional. You just pay somebody and then you can download the Photoshop app and then go through the filters and do all the filtering yourself. Mm -hmm. Or you can just get an iPhone and just do it yourself. Right, like right. legit. What we do is like I had a photographer. He charged us $250 for the entire photo shoot. But I had my uh, I had my older sister come with us and she recorded us while we were in our photo shoot. So now I got additional video content as well as the picture content, but I'm not getting charged for it now. Mm -hmm. So the same stuff like him just taking a picture of us, I'll have her recording him taking a picture of us mm -hmm. and then she'll come up, get like close shots of the, of the actual clothes. And now that's something else we could use towards the ad. Mm -hmm. Now, what about influence marketing? Mm -hmm. Finding like influencers, um, would you typically do that in the beginning? Um, would you reach out to these people? Would you try to pay them? Would you try to work out a deal with these people? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just to be transparent, I didn't really jump into influencer marketing in the beginning. I really hit ads early. So like for me, I was uh, at the time I was, let me see, I had just quit my car sales job. And I was, when I was selling cars, I was learning Facebook ads while I was selling cars for my Durag brand. Mm -hmm. So like I'm using their computers cause I couldn't afford a computer at the time. Well now I could cause I was already making money from my brand but I was using all their materials so I didn't have to spend no money out of my pocket. Yeah. So I'm printing all my orders out. I'm doing all of that stuff from in my job. Now it did get me in trouble a couple of times so I wouldn't recommend it unless you like, you like me, you don't really care. But like for me, I started learning Facebook ads and I started losing money and I'm like, all right, one thing I started thinking about is like, if I'm losing money, then I'm doing something wrong. So what do I need to tweak? What do I need to change? And nine times out of 10 for a lot of people who run ads, especially in the clothing brand space, the, the ad that you're running is just not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like it may not be high quality as you may think, or the description may not be good, or you may not even be telling them to shop with you in the, in the description mm -hmm. when you're running that ad. So for me, I started off with Facebook ads. And as I was losing money with my, my Durag brand through ads, I started figuring out certain stuff that worked. Mm -hmm. So what we started doing was we started using user generated content. So basically I would send out these items to people who let's just say if they were influencers or even if they weren't mm -hmm. i would send stuff out to people for free every single month and then they would take the pictures and the videos and then send it back to me and then i would run an ad to that stuff mm -hmm. because now it humanizes the brand because now it's not me in the, as the face like they already know me as the face of the brand mm -hmm. now it's somebody else com like completely different rocking it mm -hmm. so like for example we had this girl um i can't remember her instagram name but shout out to her she's goat uh she basically put on like this comedy garçon bonnet mm -hmm. and she had like her lashes was on point and shit and we ran an ad to it. So when we posted it, it did like 3000 likes. Now we, that was one of our first posts that was like hitting like that organic. So as we start seeing it was getting some traction, it was getting sales too. So I'm like, all right, bet we gonna run an ad to it. So we started off spending a hundred dollars a day on that specific ad. And then as time went on, it got up to like 13,000 likes. And then 
from that one post alone, we was probably doing like an extra like 2,000 a day. But it was because it was so many eyes seeing it, mm. but it was the comments. It was a lot of girls like, oh my oh my God, her lashes are on point where she get it from. And then she would be in the, in the, in the messages replying where she got it from. Mm. But on top of that, now she's like, oh, y'all should shop the brand to get the bonnet too. Right, right, right. And I didn't ask her to do that. It was mm -hmm. just like, you know, genuine people. Sometimes you stumble across some like real customers that really fuck with you. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? That's, that's neither here or there. So ads do work. Ads do um, work. You just you just got to do it right. Right now though, you got to think everybody and a mom running ads right everybody. now. So it's like basically what it is is like you're bidding for the same spot on your on somebody else's feed. Mm -hmm. So basically like everybody's spending money on ads. So if you really don't got a lot of money, Facebook ads isn't the place to start. Mm -hmm. TikTok ads is, Ooh. and it's the same setup. But TikTok ads, you got to think. Our, their attention spans are so so small on TikTok. Yeah. So now instead of making 30, 60 second videos and trying to you know come up with all these strategy ideas, I can make something that's 10 to 15 seconds long and I could just be throwing on a fit and asking W or L fit or how do you like this hoodie? Or this is the best hoodie for uh, best hoodies under $50. Like I seen somebody running that, shout out to him. Like these are all different concepts and then I would look at what other people are doing on TikTok and then I would literally just snatch what they are doing and put your brand on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. So, do you do numbers on TikTok? Do you get a lot of traffic from TikTok? Uh, for my personal page, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, a lot of my content, not only is it just educating, but I also speak, like, my opinion on certain stuff. Mm -hmm. And some, like, some posts, like, I really don't be expecting numbers, but they yeah. be hitting. But, like, for me, I've been realizing, like, me giving men tips has been, like, the number one thing for me. But, like, I'm kind of, like, trying to push more to the educational lane, but, like, the algorithm chose this for me. So, I'm, like, I'm using it the best of my ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You gotta figure out how to like, cause we'll be like, my stuff go viral and stuff like that. I just, mm. okay, if I know I'm gonna go viral, well, I don't know I'm gonna go viral, but mm. if I know I'm gonna do a video, I'm gonna make sure I got my brand on. So when it does go viral, you, you keep seeing this. And in, in my, in the um, caption, I'm making sure like, look, black and gold hat. And I think it works yeah. for the most part. Um, and I thought about even running ads on the stuff that go viral mm. and just um, using that ad as just advertising for just the hat, yeah. like buy the hat. Yeah, you can literally like what I would tell people, too, is like we, we from my personal page, people ask, like how I grew my page so fast. Mm -hmm. I was running certain ads that had nothing to do with me selling anything, mm -hmm. but everything to do about my voice and my opinion on certain things. Mm -hmm. So now people like if they agree, they follow. And if they don't, then they just going to see an ad and keep it pushing. Mm -hmm. OK, now from the photo shoot to the ad, what's next? LLCs and trademarking that business. For real, for real, if I'm be honest with y'all, you should you should trademark and or not even, i wouldn't even say trademark just yet i would say llc uh get your llc get that business bank account and get all of that stuff aligned first so here's the step by step what you want to do is very very simple you go to google and you look up your your the government website of your state right mm -hmm. so you say like uh ohio.gov that was ours right mm -hmm. so basically you go in there and then you apply for your llc your llc is going to cost you anywhere from like 50 to 150 dollars so now you got your llc now basically what this is is a limited liability corporation so it's now separating you from the business so if at any time anything happened you about to get sued or anything mm -hmm. all of your personal belongings are not up for forfeit mm -hmm. the second thing i would say is get your ein number this is like an employer identification number and basically what this is is it's as similar as like our social security number like how we identify like basically we all identify by numbers if we right. keep it a buck mm -hmm. but it's the same exact thing but for your business so with your ein you're gonna take the ein and your llc and you'll take your license up to the bank whatever no matter what bank you just want to open up a business checking account mm -hmm. now when you open up the business checking account they go send you a business card in the mail and it's gonna take probably like 14 to 21 days mm -hmm. 
you use that business card on everything like anything you could possibly think of when it comes to materials for your brand or your business all of that stuff needs to be kept on that one card mm -hmm. so for us we would get all of our supplies with that one card if i'm going out to eat all i got to do is mention my brand and what we plan on doing in the future and now i can write that that meal off right. so this is what i was doing in the beginning but one thing i would say is like i didn't know much about write-offs so i was just thinking i was doing something yeah. but i didn't have no accountants so i didn't know how to write it off so you know eventually we got into getting an accountant and it's been smooth selling since mm -hmm. now okay would you say like with your first profit go ahead and get that trademark um i wouldn't say even in the beginning i think you should prove the concept first so make sure that you're getting consistent sales mm -hmm. and trademark that like if i'm be honest if you get like five thousand in sales so far you should probably trademark your business mm -hmm. just and your llc if you don't have an llc after five thousand right. you're doing something wrong mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be like and i know i say that but I don't, I don't want you to be scared that you don't have it yet like just know you need to go get it asap because mm -hmm. someone can potentially steal your, your concept exactly steal your idea steal your brand and you can't do nothing about it yeah and, and that happens to us like it actually still happening right now is like people taking our concept and literally just flipping it so that's why we did a rebrand because we was like it was kid you not it was people coming into my dms like yo bro this person trying to steal and it was people from my city mm -hmm. taking my same exact logo and i'm like <laughs> so i was like the thing is though when you were the originator or something mm. You know what I'm saying? You can always build on something else. So we did a rebrand and uh, yeah, the rebrand, we about to drop that this upcoming month. Yeah. That was so, so <clears throat> what, did you have to like sue somebody? Did you have to get lawyers involved? What? No, nah, I just didn't want to take that route. And plus I didn't know, I didn't know how to. Yeah. And for me, like, I ain't gonna lie. I don't want to deal with the government. I don't want to deal me with neither. courts, bro. I don't, yeah. bro, I ain't gonna lie. I don't never want to go back to court ever again, bro, <laughs> ever. So I was like, you know what? We gonna let them keep it. Mm -hmm. And even though they tried to take the concept, it still wasn't as good as ours, but mm -hmm. we was already known for it. We was already going viral and shit from other posts and other people wearing our stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, bro, we just gonna do a re like redo it. And then yeah. also now, I'm at the phase where I'm doing all my own designs now. So now you can't even like, you're not even gonna be able to keep up with the way I think because everything is coming from my brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm the originator of this shit. You ain't gonna be able to copy me. You can just try to, but it ain't gonna look the same. What happened with you in court? Court. You said you don't wanna Oh yeah, yeah, so I, I ended up getting put on child support on some fuck shit, so. Oh man. Yeah, so that, you know. So when you say us, like how many people is on your team? 17. 17, and what, what our job, what's the job description for like each one? Uh, so we got the accounting team, we got our content team, so they follow me whenever we do like events and stuff like that. The editing team, so content team sends all the content to the editing team. Mm -hmm. Then we got um, a retention team. So basically anybody who's ordering stuff from us online, let's just say if somebody tried to buy a course or try to buy you know um, a program that I have, mm -hmm. if their payment fails, we have somebody that literally calls or emails them to ask them why the payment didn't go through and if everything was okay and if there was anything we could do to help them. Mm -hmm. So that's when they offer discounts and things like that. So we re we recover money every single week that we normally wouldn't have recovered if I didn't have that person. Uh, yeah, so then we got our design team. Then we got um, our email marketing team, text message team. We got our ads team. Um, man, there's so many of them. I'm pretty sure I already named... Man, I can't I can't remember all of them, bro. I ain't even gonna lie. We got virtual assistants. I was, we I was got, about to add you got virtual assistants. What do yeah. virtual assistants do for you? Uh so for us right now, like they do like little small stuff. Like I like I don't like giving them personal access to things. So for example, like this is a huge gem for especially new business owners. There's this app called LastPass. L-A-S-T-P-A-S-S. -S. Uh -huh. You can give somebody access to your Instagram and your Twitter without them knowing the password. Oh. So basically it's going to give them like uh, an encrypted, like an encrypted yeah. password, mm. but they can't see it, but they still get access. And then when you want to remove them, you can just go into the app and remove them and then it logs them out. Major gem. Huge gem. So now you like, 
you being nervous to hire somebody or your little cousin or you, you feel like somebody gonna do some like yeah. some weird shit now you like all right nah i got this under control because like for me doubling down on everything and make sure i have full control and ownership of everything is a thousand percent like the only focus for me yeah, yeah. so yeah can you use this with gmail with anything everything bro like anything you think of youtube gmail like all of my any app you could possibly think of i'm running through there webinar jam like click funnels stripe all of that last pass last pass can't forget that. Mm -hmm. So now you do sell courses and teach people how to how to do this, right? Yep. Um, now for the people that's watching, would you, if they click my link, would you give these people a discount? Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, what I would highly suggest is that I do classes for free every Thursday. Ooh. So for the people that's like, look, I don't really know him just yet. Mm. I completely understand. I recommend just coming into the class on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, and I teach you how I made over $3 million in the last three and a half years in e-commerce. But I don't teach you just clothing brand stuff. I teach you how I did it with Durax, how I did it with clothes, and then how you can do it with other different products as well. Mm. So we really teach branding and longevity because I believe in owning something that could be passed down in the future or at least owning something that I can one day exit. Mm. So that's what I teach in the class. And then you guys can tap in on Instagram, underscore the real Tez. In my uh, bio, you guys can click that link. And it's the very first link in there. It's absolutely free. There is a preparation kit. So if you do want to be prepared for the class, they can grab that. It's only $27. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, it's a free class. So I, w I don't even want you to buy nothing from me. I would rather you come listen to me and see if I know what I'm talking about. Mm. That boy's smart. <laughs> Boys, preparation kit. Never heard of that one before. <laughs> What's up? Um, so yeah, I'll leave the link in the description um, so you guys can tap in with him. If you do want to buy a course or you do want to check out his Instagram lives on Thursdays, um, I want to ask you about um, at what age did you have your daughter? 18. So she was born January 8th. My mom born January 9th. I'm born January 10th. You were kicked out the house. Kicked out the house. Now, having a child at a young age, I don't have any children, so I wouldn't really know. Mm -hmm. But um, Having a child at a young age, um, what did it do to you mentally? Like, how did it shift your life? Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I damn near gave up, like almost, because I was like, I hit a point I had never been at before. Like I had lived in Egypt for four years. I had seen a different part of the country. Like I seen a different life completely. I lived a different life. I learned different languages. Like I'm like, okay, Wait, this what, is something. What were you doing in Egypt? From eight to 12, my mom ended up moving us out there. That's crazy. Yeah, and you got to think, like, a black family moving out to Egypt. Well, I was like, ain't no way I'm going to Egypt. But, you know, I grew up in a single uh, single mom household. So it was like, you know, you ain't had no choice. And, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather, they was like my parents too. But you can't you can't really do nothing when your mom said you got to go somewhere. Right. So, uh, yeah, we moved to Egypt. But, man, I think having a kid, that shit put, like, a fire in me. Like, mm -hmm. so young. And then all of my friends, like, they all got, basically what happened was she got pregnant uh, during prom course right and she ended up having a kid and everybody's going off to college mm -hmm. but i had already applied to all my colleges i was gonna go to and i got accepted into all five of them so i'm like i'm thinking i'm about to go until i start seeing like signs that you know she might be pregnant yeah. and uh we ended up finding out she was pregnant and then i was like the counselor was like look you can you can go to school right now and you can still be a dad and i'm not gonna tell you that it's not hard because it's gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done or you can take this time to understand yourself and understand what you really want to do in life mm -hmm. and i sat there and i thought for like five minutes and i was just like man college not for me like at this point like i gotta take care of my kids so she ended up having our, our daughter nani um and at the end of the day i feel like that shit put like a different type of beast in me because now i'm looking at everything different like 
like how we at a table right now and I got my plate and you got your plate, she got her plate. And now there's food that has to be on there all the time. So I'm thinking like that at 19. So that's why I'm like, I'm grinding, hustling, working factory jobs, working sales jobs, like figuring out different skill sets I can acquire to make myself more valuable. Mm-hmm. And then understanding how businesses work, starting to read more and then connecting with people who were ahead of me, who believed in me, but I didn't even believe in myself yet. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like having a kid was the best thing that could have possibly happened to me because I could have ended up like doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I was already doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing before her. So it was like, it was like, man, you gotta double down on what you're supposed to be doing and f- take care of your responsibilities. Now, was there ever a moment where you thought of abortion? Uh, nah, bro, cause I like, I'm Muslim. So like, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't believe in abortions, bro. Like, I felt like if I would've did that, bro, it just, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. Mm-hmm. And um, like my mom, she did it. My dad did it. He, he had his first kid at 15. So I'm like, you know what I'm saying? It, I didn't want it to happen, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to take care of my daughter. So now, was she your girlfriend at the time? Yeah, she was. She we were together for like three, four years, but we were on and off too. So mm-hmm. it was like. Mm. Now, did the baby change your situation? Absolutely. Um, I started realizing like certain characteristics from her that I didn't want in my woman, and I feel like it's okay. Like I, I hear all these different like viewpoints on women and stuff like I really think it's preference based and I think nobody can tell you about your own opinion of what you want in your life so I feel like for me she has certain traits that I didn't want like she didn't really work as hard as I wanted her to work she wasn't really uh, business orientated like how I was and there wasn't a lot of things that we could relate to each other on outside of our daughter and then I realized like damn I'm a lot more mature than she was at the, in, that, in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I had to respect that. And also I had to respect that, you know, decisions that she made or lied about or things like that. I had to learn how to stop using my daughter as our crutch. Like, okay, she lied, but we got our daughter. So like, I got to make it work because I'm trying to be, like I always focused on being, like having a dad, mom in the family, in the house. Cause like, I didn't have it. So I'm like, this is what I want for my daughter. But you can't force something like that. That shit don't work. Like, mm-hmm. don't do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to listen to your first instant and listen to your heart. So when we parted ways, like, obviously it hurt, like, tremendously. I didn't know how to go about it. But I did know that if I just doubled down on my craft and then hit the gym. So, like, after me and her, like, I went through a heartbreak phase, bro. Like, and I feel like a lot of men don't like talking about that shit. But, like, for me, I like to keep it a buck on, on social media. Because, like, I don't want you to look at me and think, oh, he's, a, like, he's not saying this or this is how he really felt. Like, nah, this is how I felt. I felt like I had a heartbreak and I was like, I was lost. And I ain't gonna lie, I start hitting all types of girls. Like I was just going crazy. And then I'm like, you have another kid. It's, it's gonna happen all over again, right? So I was like, I went celibate for six months. Mm-hmm. I started going to the gym every single day. Mm-hmm. I was reading every day, like reading 20, 30 pages or at least a chapter every single day, bro. Like, kid you not, every on the weekends, during the days, like didn't matter when it was, I was gonna read a book. Mm-hmm. And then what I started doing was I started doubling down on my businesses. And then with me being celibate, stop smoking, stop drinking, I tapped into a completely different person. Like I quadrupled my net worth, like in a matter of one year, quadrupled my net worth. I bought two cars. I moved out of my mom's house and I gained 30 pounds. So like that just goes to show sometimes you got to like separate yourself from the things that you're dealing with right now to get to where you're trying to get to. Jeez. Um, man, you just said a lot. I, I, I got to get all that. So, <laughs> so before I do, um, y'all was together three years before before the baby. Yep, we met in driving school. So, <clears throat> I recently made a post um, about, well, the title was, I hate my baby mom. <laughs> and uh, I don't have a baby mom, but I was just speaking to the guys that, you know, put themselves in that position where, you know, you didn't get to, you didn't get to understand this woman first. Yeah. And you're saying that 
y'all was together three years and you still didn't understand it. You just still didn't even know this lady. And after the baby came in, you started realizing different things. Cause like some guys we get into like these relationships, we'll we'll think she's the one early. You know, right. six months in, like, yo, she the one, like I can have my baby by her. Like, mm-hmm. Not even thinking like you ain't fully understand this woman and she's going to change. Absolutely. Because I mean you're gonna change to her. So like, but you you didn't have the opportunity to let this this thing, this this seed that you planted to grow. And that's where I think a lot of guys mess up at is like we move too fast. Yeah. We move too fast, we jump the gun. And now we got a baby, and now we're in a situation where, like, okay, I gotta take care of this. I gotta take both care of both people. Yeah. And now you're in a situation now I hate my baby mama. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not saying that's with you, but <laughs> a lot of people regret what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice could you give to guys, not even young guys, just guys, period, when it comes to that situation? Because you, you, you dealt with it. I think the best piece of advice I can, I can give <clears throat> is to not be blinded by the potential of love. I think people want love so bad. They want the affection. They want what they see on social media so bad that they're willing to be blinded and not understand what's in front of them right now. Yeah. So I think the, be- the biggest and most important thing is like, bro, if you don't know what she want to be in the next five years, if you don't know like her aspirations, her dreams, you don't know none of those things. How can you really call yourself a man and really like a person who want to be in a relationship and you don't even know what she wants? Mm-hmm. So now when she starts telling you all these different things or you start seeing these signs, you got to ask yourself, did you even ask in the beginning before you even got involved with her? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the times, like, and I don't mean to like be one sided or anything, but it's just I'm being realistic. You know what I mean? So I'm like, did you ask the right questions? OK, and if you did, you would have probably spotted some of the things you didn't want to see. Now, however, there is different situations where, OK, now you're getting to know somebody and then they completely do a 360 in six months. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you can't stay around because her body banging. You can't stay around because the sex is good. You can't be doing that. You got to ask yourself, like, what is my worth and what do I actually want? But a lot of men don't move by their purpose. So you're not going to really understand what you want in life because you're not thinking about the next 10 years. I'm always thinking by decades. I'm like, yo, I'm about to be 30 in seven years. All right, where do I want to be at by 30? All right, I need a yacht. I need this. I need that. I need this. And I don't want a whole bunch of bad bitches. I just want one solid woman that can run my business and I can, you know, take care of her, take care of the family, but we can be one, like, and build an empire. Cause I'm not trying to build something that's gonna fall apart after six months or two years. I wanna build something that's gonna outlive me. Mm. Love that, bro. Love that. And I think we, a lot of guys fall victim to looks in the body. Oh, sure. And it's not, we're not even paying attention to the mind, mm-hmm. the spirit. There's none of that even, we don't even think about that. It's, <laughs> it's just like, we think about that later on, like, damn, like, Badass, <laughs> she bad as hell. But man, she ain't worth nothing. Not to say that all bad women are like, like all beautiful women are that. But I'm just saying, like, we have to take time to like figure out the people that we're dealing with, sleeping with, absolutely impregnating. Today's episode is brought to you by Rich and Unemployed Clothing. Listen, have you guys checked out the website? Have you guys copped the merch? You can do so while watching this episode right now. So if you haven't done so, go ahead. It's right there at the bottom. Go ahead, click. Go to the website. Go ahead and copy some merch. Man, we got these new hoodies in. We got headscarves in, we got hats, we got caps, we got the black and gold, rich and unemployed cap. So make sure you guys tap in, grab some merch while watching this episode. Cause listen, I'm giving it to you, giving it to you good. Wait, pause. All right, back to the episode. Um, so your mom kicked you out mm-hmm. and why? Because you broke the Muslim tradition? Nah, so my mom, my mom actually grew up different. Like although she was Muslim, like my mom was like running the hood. Like, yeah. like actually in the field, 
doing shit she wasn't supposed to be doing. Um, so I respect. Like she could be young, like. Oh, uh, she's 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 young. Yeah, yeah. She she be doing her shit. Like I respect my mom a thousand percent. She went to college mm-hmm. while still being pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And still did, and then still went to be a nurse, worked twelve hour shifts. So like for me, I was barely seeing my mom sometimes because I was living with my grandparents too. So it was like mixed lifestyles for real, for real. Um, but yeah, she didn't even actually kick me out because of that. Like she was like, all right, when the baby came, she like that grandmother like oh my god i'm in love again mm-hmm. what really happened is like my daughter i was uh playing Fortnite, and i got my headset on and shit and my my daughter mom she landed in my bed and the baby just chilling but she's up and she falls off the bed and i'm like oh shit like i'm i'm in the game mm-hmm. and then i'm looking over at her and she like oh my god like what and i'm like you supposed to be watching her while i'm playing this game but I, you know i can't blame her but then my mom heard it and like she was a nurse so she can lose her license if something like that happened like something bad happened to my daughter so she went ballistic bro and i was trying to calm her down but i think my way of communicating to my mom then wasn't the best mm-hmm. and i'm like mom just chill like you saying that to your mom especially a black parent bro and like depending on who your mom is you know she just went ballistic and she was like get all your shit and i'm like what i'm like, all right bet and i just took everything and then the next day bro not even not even a full 24 hours later she texts me like, come get all your stuff out of my house. I go into my room, bro. Kid you not, all of my stuff is in trash bags. Every, bro, posters is ripped down, covers is clean off the bed, sheets off the bed, like ain't nothing there. My whole entire dresser cleared. Everything is in bags. And I'm like, damn. So I took all my shit, put it in my Impala, drove to my daughter mom, uh, my daughter's mom mom's house. And I was sleeping on the floor for like, like nine months. Damn. Yeah, she got tough. And how long ago was this? What year is this? This is three years ago. Three and a half years ago. So okay. not too long ago. All right. Um, so w- you mentioned celibacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was recent because I remember you posted that. That was yep. recent. Um, celibacy included not just sex. You um, stayed away from smoking weed, drinking. Yep. Um, why did that? Why did you do that? And what did it do for you? I felt like I lost myself. Like I was dealing with a lot of women and then I was also smoking a lot. And it was, I was smoking so much to the point where like, it would make me lazy. Mm-hmm. Like now if I smoke, I'm gonna smoke at night to put me to sleep. Cause like I'm thinking constantly about, you know, we running four different businesses, 17 people. You constantly thinking about what can I do here to make this like more money here? And what can I do here to be more effective with this money and efficient? And like, I'm constantly thinking when I'm reading books, I'm constantly getting ideas. So sometimes my brain, like it moves super fast and I can, sometimes I can't slow it down. Mm-hmm. So sometimes smoking, it helps calm me down. But I think what just being celibate allowed me to focus and then learn how to be one with myself. Mm-hmm. So I started meditating and I know people like, have whatever opinions they have about meditating but that shit actually helps bro like it helps a lot so me doing all of those different things and then also i wasn't spending as much money on weed and shit so now my brain wasn't as clogged up trying to smoke all the time Mm -hmm. and then also on top of that i stopped being around certain people that i was smoking a lot with Mm -hmm. so then i start thinking more freely i start being around people who weren't smoking at all and then those people tend to be a lot smarter than the people i was just around but those people making 10 times the amount of money I'm making. Mm. So I'm like, damn, this is the shift that I gotta make. And then that's when everything started going crazy. And then also like, it allowed me to like see what type of women I'm actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because now like, if I'm not focused on sex, now I'm focused on what do you wanna do in life? 
because really in reality like what other reason are you talking to this girl outside of sex and outside of where y'all could potentially go mm -hmm. so now this is the only option now mm -hmm. and now i get to actually see your characteristics i can see how you think i can see how you react to certain situations mm -hmm. and now i can see if this is something that i actually want to do with or do i see myself like dealing with this in the future mm -hmm. and now it allowed me to start thinking like that and it's, it's helped a lot for real i can say like when i was on my celibacy journey i, I tried it for 90 days and I started realizing, like, these, the women that I do have around me, I really don't like them for real. Exactly. Like, like, once you take sex out the equation, you start to think of the other aspects that come with them. Like, mm -hmm. this girl's really a bird, bro. <laughs> she look okay. good. She got a fat ass, but it's really nothing else outside of that. Yeah. And I don't know, like, when I was, when I was celibate, bro, like, I felt way stronger. I felt way more powerful. Like, I could think better. I could think more clearly. Like, I just wasn't... Like I wasn't thinking about women, I wasn't thinking about sex. Of yeah. course, I was hanging around women, and women will come around, bro, and and try me, yeah, and, and, and try to break you. Like, nah, you ain't really celibate. Let me let me really try. I'm talking about pussy on the dick. <laughs> like, nah, I'm I'm good, yeah. I'm straight right now. Like, I'm because at the time I was getting too much sex. Mm -hmm. It was just coming at me like I just couldn't understand. Like I just got out of a relationship, and and women were just coming out of nowhere, and I was like, yo, I can't, I can't hit every last woman. Mm. I can't. So. To, to for me to not pick and choose, I just don't pick nobody. Yeah, and it just gave me another strength. Like I want to, I want to try. Like I go, I go weeks without sex. Like I don't even need sex like that because I understand like our semen is our power. Absolutely. And as we're letting it go, we're we're letting out our life force, and it, it makes me way more smarter. I move more, um, I move way more sharper. Mm. It just does a lot of things. So, like, I just don't need sex. I don't need to be having sex back to back to back. I might get my rocks off. Like, maybe lately it's been, like, once every two weeks. Mm. I could count how many times I had sex on one hand in a month. And for a nigga like me, like, that's DMs going crazy. <laughs> right. Right? DMs go crazy. <laughs> when I'm out, you know what I'm saying, women are, are, are like, they be trying it. Mm. And it's like, being this way, I think I attract way more women. When I turn women down, I attract way more and higher quality women. Absolutely. Even when I get, I get numbers all the time, bro. I don't even call them, bro. Bro, and that's the superpower, bro. Superpower. Niggas don't have that power. They don't have that. See? They feel like they got to hit everything. Mm -hmm. Every every number that I get, I have to hit it. Mm -hmm. And it's like all guys think like that. It's like men. We, um, I guess we we. What I'm trying to say, we we base our. No, no, we judge each other off of the amount of women we that we get. How many women that we have sex with? Right. And like when I when I be saying this type of stuff, like niggas be like, "Are you lying, bro? I know you. No, I'm dead serious. Like, mm -hmm. no, I don't. I don't. I, I like having beautiful women around me, but I don't need to smash everything that's coming around me. Yeah. But what advice would you give to like guys, bro? Like, cause you talk about this all the time. Absolutely. I would say number one, bro, like learn how to control your emotions. Um, like getting angry and lashing out or being too depressed and shit like that, mm -hmm. not knowing how to search for the inner God in you, I feel like that's gonna be a lot of men's downfall, mm -hmm. not being able to identify yourself as what you truly are, a God, right? Um, that would be the first thing I would say. Number two is learn how to control your semen. Like, bro, if you stop having sex, you gonna really see what we talking about. Let's just mm -hmm. keep it a buck, right? Like, you probably watching this right now and you think it to yourself, fuck these niggas, they ain't don't know what they talking about. I dare, I triple dog dare you to try for 90 days. You, you probably give in, you probably give in, but the two weeks that you do, like, you can probably be like, oh, wow, I feel a lot stronger in the gym. I feel a lot sharper. I feel a lot smarter. So I would tell them to do that as well. Number three, get in the gym. 
Like I'm in the gym every day. So like me waking up at 5 a.m. may be unrealistic for you. But for me, that's what I'm going to do. But find a schedule that works best for you. And then number four, bro, like read, bro. Like why, why aren't you reading? Like you want, you're, you're asking yourself why you're not here and you're currently right here. The difference between you getting from here to here is information. Information. You're missing out on one thing and you can go get that information. I can recommend you three books right now. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich and The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's going to help with your emotions. Now you got three books. There's no excuses. Those my those my tips and leave these girls alone, bro. Stay focused on your purpose. <laughs> no cap. It's, I mean, it's a hard concept, man. Like leave these girls alone, bro. I was made to fuck. <laughs> no you know what I'm saying? I was made. You know what I'm saying? That's what we here for. But nah, like that's that's real gems right there, bro. Now, are you frugal with your money? Because if you're making all this money, like, what do you what do you do with your bread? So for me, I really used e-commerce and my brands as a vehicle, and I was parking a lot of my money into stocks. So like for me, like. I talked about it like how we did we made over uh we put over a quarter million into the stock market then over half a million then you know so on and so forth mm -hmm. but really it was like i was buying dividend paying stocks and i had friends who were already doing it so they were educating me on it like how compound interest worked how to utilize your money and then for me i always knew that real estate even though i'm not in it yet that's gonna be my end goal that's why i left it last mm -hmm. like okay you got the businesses they they profiting very well right now then you got the stocks. Those are paying you, you know, 25000 a year right now passively. So now real estate is where you're going to get your long-term wealth and really going to be able to build on something. So now when you're 30, you really ain't going to have to look back on nothing because you checked off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always like getting paid for the money that I'm about to invest. So for me, it was like when I was investing in stocks, I'm invested in dividend paying companies because I understood that if I buy one share, that one share, the amount of money that I just traded them, although they're going to give me a dividend from it, right? They're going to use that money to go invest into their business. They're going to like Apple, they're going to go make more iPhones. They're going to make more things. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to give you a dividend back. But what people don't realize is if you get 10,000 shares, or you get 3000 shares, 2000 shares of this company. And let's just say they pay you $3 a year, right? Well, now you got something that's paying you $3,000 a year passively. Mm -hmm. Now, when you break it up into however many times they pay you throughout the year, some of them pay you annually, some of them pay you uh, quarterly, some of them pay you monthly. When you break it up, now you're getting paid money without you having to work. Mm -hmm. And the end goal, if we, if I'm just being a thousand percent honest, obviously is time, freedom and things, but opportunities. Like to be able to have money coming in and to be able to say yes or no when you please. Mm -hmm. Like I think people always say I want freedom, but what does freedom look like to you? Like people just say shit just because they see shit on social mm -hmm. media. Freedom to me look like my daughter wants some shit. I need to fly here. I need to go here. I'm making that decision right then and there. And there's no hesitation behind it. Mm -hmm. That's that. And that's what passive income going to be able to do for you. But also leveraging credit, you know, leveraging assets and understanding how banks work. Because a lot of people don't understand banks are finessing you more than anybody else right now. But nobody talks about that. IRS, government, they all finessing you. Mm -hmm. But until you learn how to play their game, you're going to keep getting finessed. You need information. Yeah need information mm -hmm. now what caused you to move out your hometown bro kid you not shout out to aristotle shout out to to justin phillips to to uh justin. bro real niggas bro they was like bro you gotta get out of cleveland bro like i was uh i was getting into a situation and like i was getting to the point where i'm like bro i might get this shit handled and i'm like I can't be thinking like that. Like even having that thought caught, like cross my mind, I felt like that was ungenuine. It wasn't pure of me. That's not who I am. Like you grew up in a Muslim household, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not who you are. But like sometimes in your environment, you get pushed to certain limits that you make in like distinctive decisions right then and there, and it may not be the best for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I really have to leave because I was getting tested too many times. Like in a month for me to get tested like two, three times, I'm like, bro, 
like to the point where I'm like livid. I'm like, I gotta just change my scenery. So I already knew that for me to get past making like 100K months to 250K months, 500K months, I was gonna have to leave Cleveland because mm -hmm. there was no way I'm gonna still be walking around the same person I am right now mm -hmm. in Cleveland. There's no way, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it might be, but you gotta be silent, like silent with it. Like can't wear no chains, no watches, no fancy cars. Like I couldn't get, I couldn't get nothing until like, majority of people ask me like, why you ain't like get no raw shit after you cross like, let's say a quarter mil. Mm -hmm and you 21, 22. I'm like, bro, I could not wear that shit, bro. Like, you just don't know how I will have to operate. And I don't want to have to operate out of fear because of what somebody else want to do just because I was able to get something that they want. Mm. So I moved to Atlanta and um, I, I started being around a lot more genuine people, but people who was making more money than me, but also people who genuinely cared about me. Because mm. I realized people in my city, like, they fuck with me now because I got clout or whatever the people call it. I don't care what they call it, but like, they fuck with me solely for that reason because I got money. But now in Atlanta, Everybody got money. So like, if you don't fuck with me, it's because you don't fuck with my morals, values, or something like that. Like, and that's cool. Like, you gonna live your life how you live your life, I'm gonna live mine. Yeah, or you hating, for real. Mm -hmm. But it's easier for me to be around other people. Like, I'm not gonna feel no type of way about you wearing chains and watches, cause I'm gonna have my chains and watches on too. Right. And now I know my brother's stunting right here, I'm a king stunt, I'm a stunt too. Shit, like, mm -hmm. that's how I'm thinking, but you cannot do that in certain cities. Mm -hmm. Chicago, same way, like, mm -hmm. you cannot wear that shit. So I'm like, yo, I gotta move out of my, out my city and go somewhere else that's gonna be better for me long term. I don't think people understand the power of Atlanta. Mm -mm. Like, you can you can thrive here. Yes, you can, you can literally move here, and if you get in the right circles, bro, like it's so much information that people got, and they're so willing to share with you. Like, bro. just like you said, Aristotle, bro, he'll call my phone and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna come over, and we're gonna we're gonna record this course. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do this, bro. Listen, we're gonna do this." Like, I don't, I just met this man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, facts. genuine. And it's like everybody, not everybody, don't have money. I'm gonna say, but like, it's a, it's a this this. This group of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. everybody's like just click tight. And ain't like no hating involved. Like everybody's just willing to just to share information. He's like, yo, what up? If it ain't we if we even if we're not just cool, mm -hmm. it's just like it's just love. Facts. Like, explain the difference between Atlanta and Cleveland. Whew, bro. Like, bro, I could I could talk to somebody about numbers in Atlanta mm -hmm. and they'd be like, nigga, is you cool, bro? Like, yeah. Are you sure we need to sit down and like we need to help you get to where you, like yeah. that's the type of shit I need to hear. Mm -hmm. Like I got friends right now that's making a mill a month right now, and then right. I tell them, you know, what I'm saying, okay, we did a quarter in a month. He like, bro, you need to get your shit together, bro. Like we got to go harder. What, what <laughs> we what do we need to do? Do we need to sit down and talk? Yeah, yeah. Like what do I need to show you that we doing that you are not doing? Mm -hmm. So hearing those types of conversations, like oh shit, somebody actually cares about me getting to the next level, but also very important is like what people do in their day to day life, mm -hmm. like. I think people like you hang around five broke friends that's nine times out of ten why the reason you broke right now statement is very true right so now i'm hanging around people that's in the gym consistently now i'm hanging around people that's focused on their business consistently they know where they want to go in life and now they're also buying huge shit like mm -hmm. buildings and shit like mm -hmm. shout out to my boy will he just bought a 24 unit building you know what i'm saying like at 23 24 now so it's like being around other people that's doing shit like that mm -hmm. as opposed to cleveland i don't even know like no disrespect to my own city. I love my city to death, but it's like, it's not a lot of people I can have like-minded conversations with. Mm -hmm. I say $100,000 in a month, somebody looking at me like I'm crazy, like, or they might look at me like I'm about to try you. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm cool on that, mm -hmm. so. Well, if you think about moving out your city, man, Atlanta, I don't know, we've kind of fooled here, but <laughs> you move somewhere, move out to, cause you, I feel like people, when, when they're in their home city, they, they, they get comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you put yourself out that comfort zone, like you're forced, right? You're forced to make yourself or make it make something happen of yourself or 
to put time in your business because you're not so distracted by everything that's in your city. Like everybody know you, they can pull up on you, yep. right? Or it's, oh, we gotta go to the club tonight, or it's a party, or it's this. It's like, it's so many distractions that you're not even aware of because everybody knows you and you're familiar, you're in your comfort, I mean, you're comfortable. So yeah, move out your city. Please. Um, one more question, oh yeah, why did your, why did she put you on, on, on child support? Bro, man, I, I asked myself the same thing. Like, what's crazy is like, before she put me on child support, I asked her to promise me she'd never do it. Cause like, I always feared, bro, yeah. courts, I don't care what nobody say, bro. As black men, bro, I never want to deal with anything with the court government, period, bro. I don't want to deal with them at all. I don't care what it is, right? Mm -hmm. like, you got it. But when I decided to move to Atlanta, mm -hmm. I think for her, she realized that she has now more of a responsibility because like, to be honest, like we had already been going through court and I had to get like my rights. So I took her to court and I'm like, yo, like I need to be like, I, I need to have joint custody, period. Mm -hmm. So she ended up signing this paper. Later down the line, she ended up start talking to another dude. And I think because me and him were clashing, I think his say so had him saying stuff had a part in why she wanted to do it. But also I think she know I was getting to that bag too. So she was like, all right, it's an opportunity right here. And then for the amount of money I'm paying right now, like, damn, I'm paying for your whole rent at your house right now for a four-year-old. You know what I'm saying? But child support. Child support, bro. Oh, cause you really gave him the numbers. How much you making? Bro, I ha but that's the part. Didn't have accountants. So at that time, I got it. Our, we got our official accounting team this year. I got put on child support last year. Mm. So they were looking at that year's numbers. Thank God. But like, it's still like, bro, I wish I would have known about accountants, bro. Please, new business owners, please get y'all accounting, bro. Mm -hmm. they, dude, it's uh, shout out to Prince Donnell, right? I tell him all the time, whenever I get a chance, I'll shout him out. Go go to his company, Jumpin' Jack Taxes. Go to somebody, get a bookkeeper, get somebody that can organize your taxes, mm -hmm. organize all your bank statements. Please be up to date with these things because like IRS are doing things to get small business owners. They're trying to get more money out of you. So protect yourself. Like Understand these things, understand the information. I'm telling you, go do more uh, research and then protect yourself. So... I didn't have those things aligned. Mm -hmm. So when they looked at my numbers, they were like, oh yeah. And then I'm like, I already pay daycare. My daughter goes to a private daycare. It's a, what, what is it? A thousand or 2000 a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just for her to go to daycare. And I'm like, bro, for them to put me on child support for the amount that they put me on. I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. four year old bro. Mm -hmm. And I asked her mom, I'm like, what you gonna do with that? She was like, don't worry about it. You know, I don't have to answer that question. And then once I heard that, I was like, all right, yep, let's talk. And then when I told my mom about it, like I was upset about it and everything. She was like, I told you this was already going to happen. But my mom always told me it was going to happen before it happened. She always knows. But she was like, you just got to charge it to the game. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, bet. And I was like, I'm going to use that shit to turn me up. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, fuck Thanks. that money. Mm. You know uh, Prince Dunno? You know him personally? Mm -hmm. I need that link. All right, cool. Yeah. Man, what else you got for the people, man? Leave them with a closing statement, man. Got hey, man. Talk your shit. Yeah, you already know what's up. It's your boy, Real Tez, man. Follow your purpose. Uh, shout out to my guy for having me on here. This is a phenomenal podcast, and I want y'all to tap in more. Again, like he said, subscribe. Most importantly, share this motherfucker. All right, share this. Mm. And then, uh, again, if you guys want to tap in, e-commerce and clothing brands, I hold classes every single Thursday for absolutely free. Like, I'm talking free. 7 p.m. Eastern time. All you got to do is go to underscore the real Tez on Instagram and tap in. All you got to do is click the first link in my bio, and then you can sign up and register for free. Again, it's free. There is a preparation kit that comes with it, and then I'll also give away $1,000 every single Thursday. So if you're trying to start your business, look, I got you. I'm trying to help you, but nonetheless, I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. So shout out to my guy for having me on here, and it was a pleasure to serve y'all. I'm about to join. I'm trying to give me a free thousand. <laughs> I appreciate y'all guys tuning in, man. If you haven't already, like, subscribe to the channel, and we out, man. Till we meet again, Richard Antoy, the podcast, actually the network, number one podcast in the world.
Yeah, let's get it. Yeah, what's up? Uh, appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.